Hello, everybody, and welcome to Submit for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. I am, of course, Brandon Cruz, your host. And with me today, I have a wonderful guest, Mr. Matt Hurt from the Obsessive Viewer podcast and Anthology. Hello, sir. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's great to be on. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Oh, get out of get out of here. <laughs> get out of town. Uh, how are you doing today, this morning? I'm doing quite well. It's a nice Saturday morning that we're recording on, although it's afternoon my time. But uh, but yeah, so it's it's I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, uh, I'm I'm doing pretty good. It is uh, it is six thirty in the morning. Um, oh God! <laughs> it, but generally, I wake up this early anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, although maybe I don't go to bed at at midnight normally. Right. <laughs> the, the night before. Uh, <laughs> is is it hot out there? Um, you know, it's kind of, it's actually kind of abnormally chilly. Like it's like high sixties, uh, below 70 basically right now for some reason. I'm not sure. That, that's, that sounds pretty nice actually. Uh, it's, (laughs) I think, I think it's like 75 already in, in Hawaii. Oh, wow. Which sucks, you know, cause it's Hawaii. Oh, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Just sounds awful. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, so we are we are here. Uh, well, actually, you know, do do a favor. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Yeah. Well, my name is Matt. Uh, I'm at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter, and I have two podcasts. Basically, uh, one is called the Obsessive Viewer, which is a weekly movie and TV podcast that discusses a specific topic, whether it's genre, trope, movie, show. Each episode with a couple of my my co-hosts, my close friends, uh, Tiny and Mike, uh, we just basically talk about uh, whatever we want um, or a specific topic, basically. And then Anthology is more uh, more your listeners' speed, I would think. Um, uh, Anthology is a podcast exploring science fiction anthology storytelling during television's first golden age, beginning with The Twilight Zone. So basically... Yep. I'm watching The Twilight Zone as a first-time viewer, so I've never seen The Twilight Zone, and I'm going episode by episode and recording my initial thoughts and my reviews and, you know, just kind of diving into Rod Serling's world, basically. Right. And uh, it's a lot of fun, and I named it Anthology specifically so I could eventually go off to other anthology science fiction shows of the time, like The Outer Limits and Tales of Tomorrow. Right. Right. And other shows like that. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a solid, a solid idea mm-hmm. uh, because there there are really there. You already listed off a couple of them. Right. So many great anthology shows. Uh, whenever you get to the Tales from the Crypt, uh, I'll be on <laughs> I'll be on board with that. Right on. <laughs> all those all those EC Comics mm-hmm. shows really. God, <laughs> I love them. Love them so much. Nice. Well, hey, thanks thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you had gotten a chance. I don't know if you've gotten to this episode that we're going to cover today yet for your show. I haven't yet. Right now, as we're recording, I'm about to release my episode on The Last Flight. And uh, so I had to jump ahead a little bit in the the chronology to watch this episode. But it was my pleasure, um, (laughs) and I'm glad to be on. (laughs) Okay, hopefully it didn't taint your experience too much. No, no, it did not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, with that in mind, Let's get let's go ahead and get into it. This, today's episode is episode 26, which is Execution. Uh originally aired the 1st of April 1960, uh which is, is as we all know is a fool's day. <laughs> the only fool's day. Uh stars Russell Johnson, of course, the professor. Uh and Marianne is not in this. <laughs> Albert Salmi, 
Uh, he is Joe Caswell. Uh, it is directed by David Oric McDermott, who's a three-time director of, of The Twilight Zone. And he, uh, he also directed, coincidentally, uh, two episodes of Gilligan's Island for The Professor. <laughs> nice. And it was, it was written by Rod Serling, uh, by, based off a story by George Clayton Johnson, the great George Clayton Johnson. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's, let's, let's get into the, the meats and potatoes. Let's do this. it. <laughs> uh, so, so the episode, it starts off back in the Old West, 1880, and a man is about to get hung, Joe Caswell. And Rod Serling, he, he explains that this guy has no heart, no soul, and God was probably out for a beer that, <laughs> the, the day he was handing those out. Uh, and he's about to get hung for, for the murder of a, of a cattle rancher's son. Um, and just as he gets hung, he disappears. Uh, the, the camera shows him his shadow fall and then the shadow disappears. The noose is the only thing that remains. He wakes up and he is in the professor, not Marianne's room. Uh, that joke doesn't work twice. <laughs> he, he wait, he wakes up in now 1960 and he is laying on a couch and the professor is over the top of him. And rapidly explains to him, hey, I pulled you from the past. And hey, welcome. Welcome to the future. World <laughs> of tomorrow. The professor instantly, I'm just going to refer to him as the professor. Right. Just because it's meta, I think. Sure, uh, sure. <laughs> the, the professor notices rope burns around, around the, the, uh, Joe Caswell's neck. And instantly he's kind of like, oh, crap. What did I, what did I do wrong? The the scene shifts and you know the professor acknowledges that in his like little his little tape recorder saying hey uh, I don't like his looks <laughs> it's not scientific which which I'm glad he I'm glad he acknowledges that in there that it's not scientific right good job professor <laughs> leaving your objectivity in there um and so the Joe Caswell he he comes in in a, a second later and. The professor pretty much says, "Like, hey, I, I think that you need to go back. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, I pulled you, I pulled you the future at a bad time for me. Maybe, well, and you too, I guess. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, there's there's a thing about justice, and clearly, you were about to face justice, and I think that you need to go back there. Uh, they get into a tussle, and Joe Caswell hits him. I shouldn't say Joe Caswell." Just Caswell, just Caswell, <laughs> hits hits him with a lamp and knocks him out, and he professor falls over a a, a table. <laughs> uh, so Caswell now he he goes out into into the world, and and I I should say a little bit earlier, you know, he opens up a curtain uh, with when the professor is still alive, and then the noise all, all of a sudden breaks into the room. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the first thought my Chelsea, my wife had was, mm-hmm. wow, those are some soundproof curtains. <laughs> That's uh, a good point. That's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, we should get some of those. That's really, <laughs> that's really effective. Uh, anyway, so after, after Caswell kills the professor, mm-hmm. he goes out into the world and all the cars are out there, all the noise, all the lights, just, it, it's too much for him, too much for him. He runs into a bar uh, he destroys the jukebox, mm-hmm. um, and the bartender's like, "Hey, buddy, <laughs> uh, 
I think that that's a direct quote. Hey, right. buddy. <laughs> yeah. Caswell then threatens him with a gun, just puts it on the, the bar in front of the, the bartender, which is really weird. Like, like, Hey, here's a threat. I'm, but I'm putting this gun directly where you can grab it. Right. And taking my hand off of it so that you could easily reach it and take it. <laughs> yeah. Now let me, now let me take a drink with both hands and don't touch the gun though. It could go off at any second. <laughs> He's working on the honor system. <laughs> yeah. I will kill you. Trust me, but, but watch this for me. Uh, and so the bartender's like, Whoa, Hey buddy, here's, here's, here's some whiskey. Um, and, that's when Caswell notices the TV. The the bartender's like, "Well, okay, this is TV." So he turns it on. Of course, there's like this this point of view VR like showdown with a cowboy on right. there, and the cowboy says, "Draw." Caswell draws, obviously, blows up the TV. Uh, I w- I would like to point out that he actually loses the draw. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know how pertinent that is, or right. or if there's any like larger points to be made. But he lost, so. Uh, but anyway, so he goes back. He goes back to the the laboratory where uh, where the professor is still lying dead, mm-hmm. uh, and and Caswell he's he's very kind of like he's feeling bad, and he's he's like just I help me out, help me out, you know, kind of sorry that he killed him. Right. That's when, that's when in a new burglar comes in. Uh, we find out later. The burglar's, burglar's name is Paul Johnson in the closing narration. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this burglar comes in with a gun, points it at Caswell, and is basically trying to rob the place. Uh, him and Caswell get into a little fight. He strangles Caswell with a rope uh, of, the, of the soundproof curtain blinds. <laughs> uh, a little, little circular justice there. And this, this crook who's looking for stuff in the laboratory for money is like just just messing with knobs and dials and all that stuff. He's like the worst robber ever. Like you know, you, like he he went up to a safe, right, or if like two filing cabinets. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not a professional robber, right? Uh, but I would check to see if I could open up the mm-hmm. drawers first. He also found a set of keys in the drawer, and then immediately goes to one that has a has like a padlock on it or a, um, um, a combination lock on it. Yeah, that's that's, that's right. Worst <laughs> worst guy ever. Right. Uh, uh, which which is probably why fate brings itself around. Mm. He, he messes with some with some knobs. He goes into the little time machine area. He gets trapped in there. Yeah. And guess what? He gets sent to the, to the past. Straight to the hangman's noose, mm-hmm. and and he justice is meted. Is that is that a word? Yeah, I think so. sure. <laughs> justice uh, is if, met. <laughs> justice is met, yeah. and all the dudes back in 1880 are like, "What the heck just happened?" <laughs> poor goat, poor dudes. But right. that that's that's the end of the episode right there. Uh, a, a little bit about bit about justice. Uh, what did, what did you think of the episode overall, Matt? So overall, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm such a sucker for time travel in really anything, and this episode was such. <laughs> it's funny because I I went in not having never seen it and having no knowledge of the episode, obviously. Yeah. And so when I saw like in the description like 1880, like I 
hit play and then i was like okay well it's going to be another western thing like mr denton on doomsday and then suddenly he disappears and he's in modern day and it's like oh my god it's time travel what oh my god yeah. what's gonna happen <laughs> and like <laughs> i was immediately invested in that from the beginning and then uh i was kind of i i, I really liked the dichotomy between uh caswell and the professor yeah. um and I liked that, and I kind of wish that that would have been explored a little more. Like, there's one there's one line of dialogue where uh, Caswell says to the professor, he says something like, something along the lines of, oh, it's when he's giving his impassioned speech about how he is um, a criminal and why he does what he does, and, like, saying that um, the professor's... Um, I'm going to laugh every time I say that, but, um, the professor's, the professor's viewpoint of it, like, like saying, like, um, uh, judging him for it is based on, you know, not having to steal or kill or do anything to, to live. And what would it be like if he went back there? And I kind of wish that it would have been, it would have been interesting if instead of killing the professor, he just, you know, somehow there's a scuffle or a tussle, as you said, and then there's a, (laughs) he throws him into the time machine and, it would have been interesting if the oh, entire yeah. episode was like two men in different times, but I did really like the way that it's like the twilight zones version of justice. Like, yeah. like Caswell ends up getting strangled and then his killer ends up on the noose. It's, I thought that, that was really clever storytelling and very circular um, storytelling. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, one of the, one of the things I liked, and I'm glad you brought up that, the, the point about that, that dialogue, right. Mm-hmm. Is, is in the opening narration, Serling uh, is pretty much says like this guy doesn't have he doesn't have any morals. He's just right. all, all out for himself, all that type of stuff. But it, the dialogue in the in the episode kind of goes against that. Yeah, where or yeah, he's he's a bad guy. He's done bad stuff, but mm-hmm. but he's also a large part of him has done it to to get by, right? right. To, to survive huh. and. So I th- I think it's interesting that the narration kind of betrays kind of where that character is coming from. It does. It's almost like Serling is judging judging Caswell as as much as the viewers or the professor is, and that's not really the nature of the, um, yeah. the opening narrations usually. But it's it's interesting. It is there is a contradiction because if if he really was completely uh you know a complete sociopath as as is uh described in the opening narration he wouldn't be having any justification or he wouldn't be trying to justify it um although and then i guess at that point it did come after the professor told him that he's going to send him back so that he can face justice and maybe he's just like i don't really want to be on the news anymore <laughs> i don't want to die <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that i mean that reminds me of kind of just a death row mm-hmm. in, in general and in, in, and it's always it always it always interested me that the the people who are on death row mm-hmm. or, or they would rather have life in prison than than just than just get out like right like that that's that's always interested me like people who are like ah, all right we're mass murderers or whatever mm-hmm. and then they're like but I would rather have life in prison yeah. Like to me, uh, I, I don't know, personally, if I killed a bunch of people, which I haven't. Right, right. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, You're still uh, young. <laughs> still young. Yeah, I'm only, I'm only 33. I, I, got, right. I got time. Uh, but I would, I mean, I would just shoot for like, I don't want to spend all this time in prison. Um, but, uh, uh, oh, yeah. but I, but I mean, he, Caswell kind of has that, that same thing where he's like, okay, you know what? I, I, I do, I want to live. 
He's mm-hmm. he's all about survival. Um, and so I think maybe maybe he just has kind of a change of he he grows a heart. He was like the Grinch. Yeah. His heart grew <laughs> three sizes. Right. That day after he shot a driver in the face. Right. And that would be <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, he did do that. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say yeah that um that's a good point. Maybe maybe the actual escaping death changed him. And I, I would be cool with that if that was more or better articulated in the in the episode, um, if that's what they were going for. Yeah. Uh, what What did you think of the kind of um, return to his his punishment? Like his justice was going to be the the noose around mm-hmm. his neck, right? Uh, and then in the end, he's he's rapidly killed by a. A soundproof curtain cord. It's a, <laughs> soundproof. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's. I really liked it. I really liked it because I kind of expected him to fall out the window because that's something that I've been noticing, especially after. And I've mentioned this on my podcast several times. But one one emailer uh, told me that to look out for all the windows and glass in the Twilight Zone because it's a common. <laughs> common repeated thing and so every episode i'm like okay there's a window crashing someone falls through a window someone someone uh gets thrown from window whatever and so when he actually breaks the window i'm like okay well he's done for and then he doesn't and i'm like <laughs> oh my god okay okay and then yeah. the actual the uh the irony of him being strangled with that is was very fitting and very twilight zone yeah uh, uh admittedly when exactly right when he broke through the glass I was like oh <laughs> I don't remember that's how he died. <laughs> and, and then, and then obviously he doesn't, he gets strangled. And I was like, Oh, okay, there it is. There it is. <laughs> um, going into this episode, you know, I, I'd, I'd known the basic plot of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, just on the rewatch, I had forgotten that the, the robber at the end comes in. Okay. And, and they switch places. I, I'd always, I'd remembered differently that Caswell went back into like, mm-hmm. like he went back into the justice. Uh, mm-hmm. But with the robber coming in, I, I forgot about that. And actually, I like I like that aspect of it mm-hmm. to where, okay, Caswell, he's kind of come back. His heart's his heart's grown a little bit. He wants right. to survive, and he, <laughs> you know, there's a there's a sort of sen- there's a sense of remorse on his part a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then this guy, who's like a modern day him, mm-hmm. like comes in and 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 shows him like, hey, like this this is your life, man. This is what you. <laughs> This is the kind of uh, jerk you've been, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so I like I like that mirroring. That's an interesting, yeah. That's that's yeah. That's very interesting. Him showing him what his life is like, and basically showing that his his justification for his life isn't, you know, isn't good. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't excuse him of his misdeeds in his life. I, I like that angle a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so there's a Mark Scott Zacree. I don't know if you, you've. Oh yeah, totally. He yeah. wrote the uh, Twilight Zone Companion. Yeah, that's right. He he called this episode. Uh, I'll I'll quote it uh, just <laughs> because I was interested. Um, he called it cluttered and unbalanced, mm-hmm. and he he really didn't like. I don't think he liked this episode much at all because he he talks a fair amount of crap about it <laughs> in that <laughs> in the Companion. Yeah. Uh, what overall, like, what did you think of it? Like, what, like, rating wise? Oh, rating wise, you know, when I first, wa- I okay, so I, I, a little bit a peek behind the uh, the soundproof curtain here. The yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> I watched it for the first time last night at like midnight, and nice. I was pretty exhausted, and I was kind of dozing off, and I wasn't too engaged with it, and then I just rewatched it before. <laughs> 
before we uh, started recording, and I liked it a lot on the second viewing. Uh, the first one didn't really hook me as much. I was very intrigued by the, as I put in my notes, surprise time travel aspect yeah. of it. Um, and then I felt like it didn't really, it didn't really, like th- there's this whole point where the professor says to him when he first wakes up in present day and he says, uh, you're the world's first time traveler. And I just, I loved this idea of the world's first time travel traveler, the, this, who would become, who would, who would become uh, theoretically become like this big name in science is this heartless sociopathic murderer (laughs) and just completely despicable person i loved that angle and i thought that it would be kind of like uh, i don't i don't remember the actual title of the the movie i think not time after time or maybe something uh it's it's the movie where it's uh time travelers like uh jack the ripper traveling through time and someone chasing him yeah Um, yeah, yeah. i haven't Uh, seen it but uh, it's something. I forget, the name, I forget the name of the movie. Yeah, I almost it, want to say it's time after time, but I I'm not sure. Um, but it's uh, so so that if they had had that type of um, story for this, where where the professor's chasing this killer that he's unleashed on the city, um, I thought I would be more, I would have been more engaged by that um, upon the first viewing. But I enjoy what. Um, yeah, that was called time after time, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah. I was looking it up too. Yeah. Yeah. It's (laughs) HG Wells pursuing Jack the Ripper. I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, so anyway, uh, but what became of it, what became of this episode, um, was still really satisfying. Like for instance, I really liked the, the idea of, um, sound and just the, um, sensory overload that, um, Caswell, Caswell experiences like he says everything's so loud <laughs> like yeah. that's that's an interesting angle and I, I like that as far as a uh, time travel or adjusting to modern day but I don't yeah. I feel like it would have been better if that wasn't like the full the full arc of his story is him experiencing that it's like if that was the first part and then he went on a killing spree or something that would have been more satisfying to me but overall I think rating wise I- yeah uh, rating wise I would say it would probably be uh, 7.0 probably for me. So it's still pretty high because I like the concept. Um, yeah. S- 7, 7.0 out of 50. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, two, two things. Uh, the the sound. I, I, mm-hmm. I love uh, diegetic sound. Mm-hmm. Like when the, when the sound is, is coming from within the the actual narrative right it's like oh, yeah. the characters are actually experiencing the sound right. uh, along with us um and, and you know uh, as opposed to the non-diegetic with like the music is it, it the the character doesn't hear it right right uh and so when he like smashes the jukebox right mm-hmm. it's just this this loud music ah, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> and, and then when he crushes it, it just it, it's off right and then it's it's right. silent and that's that to me that's a cool transition t- uh because he was experiencing all that sound, we were experiencing that sound with him, and when he smashes a jukebox, it's silent with him, and there's no, there's no music playing in the background, oh, yeah. even just uh, the non-diegetic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing is, yeah, absolutely right, time travel, love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, love, I love it so much. I, I like that they gloss over the technology of time travel. Me too. Uh, uh, you know, the professor is like, look, we're, I'm not going to bother you with the technical details you wouldn't understand. Right. 
which uh, which is I don't know if you've ever seen Primer. Oh yes, yes I have. Yeah. I've seen it once. I needed to see it again, but yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it's uh, we 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 watched it recently, mm-hmm. and they they kind of do that too, where they they do they they show they show you building the building a time machine, but right. they don't ever get into how it's like what's actually happening. Right. Uh, and so I, I, I like that. They're like, mm-hmm. look, that's, that part's not important. Right. It's the but... fact that you're actually time traveling. Like that's one thing that I kind of, I wouldn't go so far as to say I resent it, but one thing that I I'm, I'm perturbed by is whenever <laughs> there's something time travel related in really anything pop culture wise, yeah. It seems like the conversation surrounding that is always like, well, okay, so if he went back in time, then that means that that happened. And then like they cut, <laughs> they, they completely try to dissect it. And I'm like, okay, well maybe, maybe it's not the point. Maybe the point is that this person went back in time and did, did this. And that's what the character is supposed to experience. And like, like maybe the point of the story wasn't that he went back in time. It's that it, the characters experience something and that's supposed to be what you're supposed to take from the piece of work. I don't know. I'm right. I'm coming at it from, a, I was a fan of lost for the its yeah. entire run. Yeah. And, uh, and I loved fist, it. Fist pound it. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I loved it to the end and I got so disenfranchised with the fan base for picking it apart so severely. So I have kind of a soft spot for time travel. Um, yeah. You know, like to, to be honest, and this isn't a lost podcast, we'll, we'll start that some other time. Right. Uh, <laughs> Like I, I love those those seasons with the with the time travel. Oh like, yeah. As soon as I like the sh- the show already, but mm-hmm. when the time travel stuff kicked in, I was like, ah, oh, you got me. Right. You got I. You have my heart forever. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um. All right, man. Well, well. Uh. Seven and seven out of ten. That ain't yeah. that ain't bad. Nope. Uh, I, I. I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw out. Ooh. If I were a rating system, <laughs> I, I, you know, I will give it. I'll give it an eight. Okay. I'll give it an eight. I'll give it an eight because uh, Albert Salmi, who plays uh, the dad on in Caddyshack, okay, like he does a really he does a really good job. He's mm-hmm. a really good character actor, and like I, he he starts the episode just like what a what a dick, right? And then by by the end of it, you're like you, you feel bad for the guy, kind of like. Oh, he, totally. Yeah, I, I, I felt bad for him. And, and I think Albert Salmi is the one who pulls that off. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I guess just reading in the trivia, he wasn't actually the original actor for it. Oh, really? Uh, there's there's going to be a different actor for it, but he called in and, and canceled like at the last minute. Jeez. So, so Albert Salmi had like maybe like two days or, or like a very short amount of time to, to prepare for the role. Wow. Um, and so so he, he came and knocked it out and... Uh, bless him for it. Right, but yeah, eight out eight out of ten. I, I'll I'll give it that. Nice. Plus time travel. Uh, oh, yeah. man, eight eight point two. I'll give it eight point oh, yeah. two. Sure. I'll, I'll bump mine up to seven point two. Also, <laughs> it's yeah. I'll go back in time in this podcast and bump it up to seven point two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool, man. Cool, man. Uh, well, hey. Uh, thank thanks for coming on the show. Thanks how, for having me. How can how can people get a hold of you? I you you mentioned it in the beginning, but let's let's well, do it again. Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, they can tweet me at Obsessive Viewer, um, and they can subscribe to my shows, The Obsessive Viewer. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, everywhere podcasts are found. And also Anthology, uh, which is my solo podcast, of course, talking about The Twilight Zone and other sci-fi um, 
related anthology series of the time. Actually, the the setup for that show is that I review one episode of The Twilight Zone along with a companion piece of work of the time that has something related to it. So now that we've had yeah. this conversation, I might actually review time after time <laughs> alongside oh, nice. um, execution. But that's a few weeks ahead. So anyway, um, you can find that at facebook.com slash anthologypod or anthologypod.com. And of course, Obsessive Viewer is at obsessiveviewer.com as well. And if you happen to be anywhere near Indianapolis in October, we have a live event in October that's devoted to short horror films from local filmmakers. We screen them for an audience, and that's called Shocktober in Irvington. You can find that at shocktoberinirvington.com. And I think that's pretty much all I've got um, (laughs) as far as plugs. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Um, Two things. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's probably actually more than two things. Okay. one, thank you for coming on. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, uh, and, and and you guys, you guys should really go check out both Obsessive Viewer and uh, and Anthology. Good, good stuff there. Thank you. Uh, I do want to say what did I want to what did I want to say about Anthology? I just I just had it. I didn't write it down because I wrote something else <laughs> down. Um, but uh, I'll I'll remember. Okay. I'll remember in a second. Well, I do think that at the end of the first season, we've talked about having you on the show for a season one wrap up. Correct? Are you still on oh. for that? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm down. I think we talked about that, or maybe I dreamt it. We, but yeah, we. Uh, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I dreamt about it. Oh no, Twilight Zone. Right. <laughs> Co dream. Uh, I, there. Oh, there's a couple cool things about this this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going on a cruise today. Nice. A three-hour tour. <laughs> uh, I also this weekend starts the uh, Twilight Zone marathon over right. on Sci-Fi. Right. So if you guys haven't, you guys need to go do that as well. Uh, if you don't have cable, as I don't, mm-hmm. guess what? Twilight Zone is is on every single streaming right. service. Uh, although Hulu has uh, all four, all, all five seasons. Yeah. I want to say Amazon Prime also has all five seasons. I think Netflix is the only one that doesn't have season four. Oh, Netflix. Yeah. You're you're lagging. Right. You're lagging. (laughs) But Hulu does have uh, Rick and Morty season two. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which that'll be the next podcast. Nice. (laughs) So Lost and Rick and Morty. Got it. Lost, Rick and Morty. (laughs) Oh, man. We have have so many. Oh, uh, Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. Oh, yeah. Guys, guys, this is it. This is it. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, thanks again. Thanks again for coming on the show, thanks, Matt. Man. You're, My pleasure. You're, you're, you're awesome. Oh, and for those of you out there, uh, I there's a few ways to get a hold of me as well. Uh, I am on Twitter, of course, at S4YA pod, underscore podcast. Uh, I'm on Instagram, S4YA podcast. Gmail, S4YA podcast at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook, submit for your approval. Over on geekade.com, of course, you can you can hit me up there at any point in time. And I love interacting. I'm getting into Twitter and just like I'm just going out there and, and just throwing my throw throwing my wit, my my <laughs> rabid wit. I, um, I say rabid as if I'm I'm a mad dog. Uh, but I, I love interacting. So so hit me up, guys. Any any point in time is is great with me. And lastly, make sure you head out to iTunes and uh, give me a give me a five star. Give me a five-star rating and or review. I'd supes appreciate that. And until next week, uh, I am Brandon. You are? I am Matt. <laughs> and this 
and this is submitted for your approval.